Hi, this is John Harter, and welcome to episode 16 of Keep On Grooving. The 50th anniversary of Jimi Hendrix's first two albums was basically missed by the powers that be, but they would be sure to make up for it by releasing the first two albums on SACD and putting out a 50th anniversary box set for the third. Except as usual, things didn't exactly work out as expected. Episode 16, The Sony Era, 2018. Normally these days, albums practically drop out of the sky. You get a couple weeks, maybe a month notice before something comes out. Heck, sometimes you hear about something on Wednesday that comes out this Friday. So imagine my surprise one day in December 2017 that a new Hendrix Studio CD was announced for the following, guess when? Right, March. That led to a whole three months of speculation. What would be on it? And what tracks would be messed around with like the other two albums? Both sides of the sky. The rollout began in early 2018 with the announcement of the track listing and the word that this album would complete the trilogy. Wait, there was a trilogy? I thought Eddie said People, Hell, and Angels were pretty much the last word of studio recordings. In 2017, Sony re-upped their deal with the Hendrix estate, so it might have been part of their contract that another studio album be released. I mean, the last two are successful. Why not keep going back to the well? The album starts out with a complete take of Manish Boy, the song Alan Douglas made a composite version for on blues, since apparently he couldn't find a whole one. Yet the solo from this version is the one on the previously released one. I can see why he thought about doing a composite, since there are partial takes that are a little more enthusiastic than this one. It's by no means bad... For me, it's just kind of there. Lover Man is next, and the Band of Gypsies continue to get a lot of love on these albums. This is a studio version of the song where it begins to take the form it would have for the last year of Jimmy's life. It runs around three minutes and contains the little descending sequence that everyone took great enthusiasm in calling the Batman Jam. It doesn't really sound much like Batman to me. You know, Batman goes, you know, up and down. Whereas this one just kind of goes down the scale after the one note up. You know, but they want to call it Batman. Let them call it Batman. That's fine. There's no flight of the bumblebee yet. That's for sure. This was also released as a vinyl-only single with Foxy Lady from the same show in the Netherlands, Hepla, that gave us Catface Blues from the Blues album. Here My Train of Come and Follows. Boy, they can't stop releasing these now, can they? This one goes back to the experience to a couple days after the one on Valleys of Neptune. There must have been some real tension that day because you can hear it in the playing, in the vocals, and even in the sound of the instruments. Jimmy's guitar on this song is hot. Maybe too hot because, like, the buzz overwhelms the vocals throughout the whole song. Yeah. Some fans are naming this their favorite of the three versions, but that simple little thing detracts from its success for me. I wonder if this was something inherent in the recording that Eddie just simply couldn't fix. This was also the version Alan Douglas snipped the end off of to attach to the band Gypsies one to make his composite that he left off of blues. Thanks to that one, we did discover that there was some snipping done to this version. We lost a few Hear My Train of Cummins towards the end of the song. 
Now, when I talked about War Heroes, I mentioned that an alternate title for Stepping Stone was Sky Blues Today. Well, in this case, call this version Country Sky Blues Today. There's a real Orange Blossom special tinge to this version. Jimmy's playing is a little lighter than the version recorded a month later that became a single. And Buddy plays a drum part that doesn't sound like he's on the verge of losing control of it at any second. This one should have come out sooner. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Next up is $20 Fine. Some longtime fans started to hear that scraping of the bottom of the barrel sound again when they saw this listed. The reason is not that it's a bad track per se, but it's because it's not really a Jimmy track at all. Stephen Sills, Jimmy, and Buddy Miles did some recording together in September 1969, and this was one of the songs, an original by Stills. He was on organ, and Jimmy played bass. Now, the odd thing about this is if you search for a song by Stephen Sills called $20 Fine, this is the only listing you'll get. However, if you look for $30 Fine, you'll find a few listings on his albums and maybe one by Crosby, Stills, or Nash. The lyrics clearly say $30 fine, so why the heck did they list it a $20 fine? I mean, don't worry, it's still credited to Stephen Stills. At least I got that right. Jimmy's bass part on this is, it's, it's okay. Power of Soul is next. There was a bit of confusion over this when the track listing was announced. Would this be the studio version that's on the B-side of the Somewhere single that was vinyl only? No, this was the mix that Jimmy and Eddie did in August 1970. Supposedly, there were still pieces missing, but I'm not sure how if this was the mix from back then. I think they might be talking about the master tape for that, still missing pieces, thanks to Alan Snipping. But we finally have a full version of both Message of Love and Power of Soul from the studio, finally. <sighs> Jungle Follows, this one's an alternate take of the song released back on Morning Symphony Ideas. I guess Jimmy and Buddy did a bunch of different takes of this one since it's not 28 minutes like Keep On Grooving. It still sounds like it's cut short since the other one is nine minutes while this one comes in under four. This one only has Jungle and Villanova Junction combined to it while the other one has a few more pieces of songs in the medley. Now, The Things That I Used To Do is the first of three songs on this album that were first heard back on the radio show in 1988, but this one is the only one that's listed as having been previously released. As I mentioned when covering the radio show, the original take of the Jimmy Johnny Winter Jam runs around seven minutes. The one on the radio show is about five. This one comes in at a robust three minutes and 36 seconds. It's almost like they made a single edit out of it. There are meandering pieces to it, but I, I honestly think they took too much out of it. Johnny Winter's part is like barely there at all. It probably should have been closer to the radio show length. Georgia Blues is another return. This time it's the exact same version as on the Martin Scorsese Blues album. I've listened to both back to back. I don't hear a difference in the mix. Others do, but I think it may be more of a mastering situation. One of the big-time audiophiles on the Hoffman board has referred to this album as a narrow stereo record. And he's a big vinyl LP guy, so he can kind of tell the difference between that stuff. That means there's not a lot of separation between the instruments on the left-hand side and the right. These days, I'm mostly listening to stuff on the headphones. I can't tell you the last time I listened to a full album on the, the stereo with the speakers and everything all set up. So it may be narrowly done just out of necessity. 
you know, in any case, I think he does have a point, but I still don't hear a difference between the two versions. So I think it's just a matter of just how it sounds, not what's there. Sweet Angel is next. Boy, Jimmy was really cranking out the demos on this song. This one is after the two versions that were on South Saturn Delta. Thanks to the use of vibes on it, it acts as sort of a go-between between Little Wing and Angel. It's like Jimmy was trying to make a follow-up to Little Wing, tried a few things, then it went and developed into its own song. Still, it's an important missing link that, frankly, until it came out, I didn't even know it existed. Next up is Woodstock. Now, this Stephen Still song, I know, I know, Joni Mitchell wrote it, I know, but, you know, this one was well known for its Jimmy participation on bass. Alan Douglas made a record with Timothy Leary, when he wasn't dead, there's a little Moody Blues reference for you there, uh, called You Can Be Anyone This Time Around. Side 2 was called Live and Let Live, a jam on Woodstock with Timothy Leary's speech pasted over top of it and without attribution. This is a normal length version of Still's first attempt at the song, complete with vocals. Stevens on organ again, and Jimmy's back on bass. This time, it sounds like some of his contributions made their way onto the CSNY version via Greg Reeves. The last two songs are fuller-length versions of songs originally premiered on the 1988 radio show. The original session for Send My Love to Linda took place in mid-January 1970. Jimmy tried out the song solo with just him and a guitar for a few takes. Then later, the full band jammed on the song's main theme. What's here isn't technically a Frankenstein. It's just an old-fashioned editing a bunch of takes together. The first two solo vocal takes are put at the front. They're the same verse, just sung in place slightly differently, so it gives the impression of being two different verses. The band jam was originally around seven minutes. We get around three here. This part of the song should have been around two minutes longer. The album ends with the full seven-minute unedited take of Cherokee Mist from early May during the Electric Ladyland sessions. The radio show released the first part of the song. This one includes the very atmospheric and sometimes downright spooky section at the end. It didn't fit in on Electric Ladyland, but should have been released sooner. Jimmy almost could have pulled a Stevie Wonder songs in the key of life thing and released a four-song EP along with the album of just instrumentals. Tax-Free, South Saturn Delta, Cherokee Mist, and Rainy Day Shuffle. The album's title comes from lyrics where Jimmy mentions things being on both sides of the sky. The problem is that song isn't on this album. It's from the song referred to as Lower Alcatraz, done at the record plant in May 1970, but is actually the keep on grooving lyrics that later ended up in Midnight Lightning. The line actually appears in the Isle of Wight version. If you're going to go through the exercise of naming the album after some lyrics, how do you leave that song off? Yes, it's not polished and very loose, but it's where the title comes from. It's kind of like the Doors and Led Zeppelin leaving title tracks off of their albums. In this case, we know it exists, and we're not sure if it'll ever show up on a later album. We don't even know if there's going to be another album since the powers that be are making a lot of noise about this being the end of the trilogy until the trilogy becomes a quartet. Now the usual questions. What did this contribute to Jimmy's legacy and what could have or should have been on it along with what's here? A number of diehard fans were left somewhat underwhelmed by the album, but looking at it, it contains two certified key additions to the catalog with Power of Soul and Cherokee Mist. 
I would also add in, send my love to Linda with the caveats I mentioned with Valleys of Neptune and somewhere from the last album. It's not a finished track and not the way Jimmy would have wanted it to sound. I'm eh on Manish Boy and Lover Man, but very high on Stepping Stone. Like Earth Blues from last time, it's a really solid alternate. Things I used to do is okay, but it's edited too much to be a key addition. I default back to the radio show version. The still songs, Georgia Blues and probably even Jungle, I had held off for a possible inevitable box set that may have come out in 2020. Well, hey, we had one in 2000 and then we had one in 2010. So, but then again, we know how messed up that year was. So one did not come out then. Now, what else was there to use? Well, start with Lower Alcatraz and add on a full version of Midnight Lightning, possibly the one from July 1st. They could have used the studio version of Machine Gun by the Woodstock Band, but to be honest, it needs a lot of work. The version they did of Jam Back at the House would have been nice, as well as finally getting Lorde sing the blues. This wouldn't have been the venue for loose jams like Blue Suede Shoes or Nine to the Universe, so... Maybe there's not much left after all. Like the third time Mike Jeffrey went to the studio well, this album didn't quite reach the heights of the last two, though it did reach the top ten on Billboard, making it to number eight. The problem was number eight that week meant it sold a grand total of 37,000 copies. Now, it's not nothing, but I have to think it was on the lower end of expectations for what this album would do. Looks like the well was finally getting tapped out. Or was it? As I mentioned, there really wasn't a 50th anniversary commemoration for Are You Experienced or Axis Boulder's Love. The closest was a mention in June of 2017 on the website about Monterey's 50th and a high-end release of the stereo and mono editions of each on an SACD, which didn't come out until late 2018. Or we're supposed to. More on that later. But as they were doing the publicity rounds for both sides of the sky, Janie, Eddie, and John McDermott strongly hinted that something would be done for Electric Ladyland's 50th anniversary in 2018. Like I said, these days things show up with very little notice, but around August, hints started popping up. An article appeared in Uncut Magazine where Eddie mentioned he'd been going over the original Electric Ladyland tapes. Then the next day, someone did an Amazon fish where you just type something into the search engine and see what shows up. And sure enough, the Electric Ladyland 50th Anniversary Edition 4CD or 7LP set showed up and was quickly pulled down. But the date November 9th was attached to it. Then on September 13th, the dam burst open. Articles, videos, and pre-orders all showed up. Yes, Virginia, there would be a 50th anniversary set. Three CDs or six LPs for audio and a Blu-ray. The first big thing would be it would have the cover Jimmy originally wanted to use, a picture shot by Linda McCartney, nay Eastman, with Jimmy, Noel, and Mitch on the statue of Alice in Wonderland in Central Park with a couple of kids. Boy, is that really different than the flaming Jimmy cover for the U.S. and the one they put out in the U.K. Um, For that one, uh, in the words of Denali, Google it. Thank me. They actually used the Eastman photo for the cover of the 40th anniversary set, which was just the CD combined with the At Last the Beginning video. This set includes the original album on the first disc, newly remastered from the original tapes. The second disc is called The Early Takes. It includes 20 tracks of demos and alternates, but they're not all previously unreleased. 
The first six tracks are from the By Himself CD that was included with the graphic novel Voodoo Child, recorded at the Drake Hotel in March 1968. 1983, Voodoo Child, Cherokee Mist, Hear My Train of Coming, Angel, and Gypsy Eyes. The next set of demos came from a month later from the Warwick Hotel. A number of demos recorded there were released on West Coast Seattle Boy, but the ones here were new. Somewhere, Long Hot Summer Night Demos 1, 3, and 4. I think 2 was released on the 2010 box set, but I think it actually turned out that it was number 4 again. Snowballs at My Window. This song was so under the radar, I'd never actually heard of it before. Supposedly, it's out there on a boot. Um, I think Purple Jim on the uh, Hoffman boards has it, but I know I didn't. And finally, a demo for my friend. Finishing up the disc were a number of outtakes, starting with some recorded at the Sound Center in March and going through June at the record plant. At last, the beginning is an early attempt at what would become the album opener on The Gods Made Love. To be honest, I like this title better. It's not as pretentious. It's a little funnier. Angel Katarina is the very first demo for 1983, recorded at the Sound Center around the same time as my friend at Somewhere. Like the demo of Somewhere, it has Steven Sills on bass and Buddy Miles on drums. It's interesting to think about how this five-minute demo turned into a 15-minute extravaganza on the final album. Little Miss Strange is a demo Jimmy produced with Noel, Buddy, and Stephen Stills on bass. We then get Long Hot Summer Night takes 1 and 14 with Jimmy, Mitch, and Al Cooper working the song through. Rainy Day Dream Away is an alternate take running four and a half minutes. It might have been nice to include a full version of the entire uncut song, but there are a dime a dozen out there. Everybody and his brother has made one, including me. Rainy Day Shuffle was originally called Blow on the tape notes. A very short snippet of this appeared on Live and Unreleased. This version is fuller, but it's still edited by two minutes. Nice to hear it properly mixed, but why the edit? There's plenty of room. Finally is an epic run-through of 1983, A Merman I Should Turn to Be with Jimmy and Mitch, running over 10 minutes long. This shows, instead of doing it in pieces, they did the whole thing in one shot. This three is an odd one. It's a Dagger Records release that hadn't been released to the general public yet for the Experiences concert at the Hollywood Ball from September 14, 1968. Experience Hendrix has had the concert up on their video page from an audience recording that had been floating around for decades. The most memorable thing about this show is the audience got so excited towards the end of the show, they ended up jumping into the pool between the seats and the stage. Jimmy tried to get them to stop because he was worried they'd all get electrocuted. The set is very similar to one of the ones they do a month later at Winterland. It opens with Are You Experienced, then goes right into the new song Voodoo Child Slight Return. Red House, Foxy Lady, Fire, Hey Joe, Sunshine If You Love, I Don't Live Today, which actually wasn't performed at any of the Winterland shows, so that's interesting. Little Wing, Star Spangled Banner, and Purple Haze were the set list. The only thing missing here compared to the sets that would be done at Winterland, is tax-free. The tape ran out in the middle of Foxy Lady, so they were changing the reels and came back in towards the end of Fire. So that's a little problem with this tape, but I did a patch from the earlier audience tape. And it covered. The tape is a definite improvement from the one floating around out there. It's not perfect, but it's a lot cleaner, at least on the vocal side. 
the instruments sometimes sound like the mics were like actually in the amplifiers. This four is actually a Blu-ray. It contains the Blu-ray debut of the Atlas, the beginning documentary, and two versions of the original album. The first is an uncompressed version of the original album mix, meaning the data is uncompressed, but unfortunately the sound still is. The other is something I've been waiting to see since 2001 when I met Eddie and Billy Cox at an album signing at Virgin Records in Times Square. Oh man, I still miss that store. I mentioned to Eddie that I loved how the Electric Lady and Andrew remaster he did for the Experience Hendrix reissues in 1997 sounded. I thought it finally sounded like how Jimmy wanted it to sound. I remember driving home from the old bus stop at the International Market down Route 18, listening to the album, and the sound just enveloped the whole car. It was really cool. Jimmy had mentioned he wanted the album to sound 3D, and to me, that's what it sounded like. Well, when Eddie heard that, his eyes lit up, and he was like, wow, thanks, man. If you think that sounds good, wait until you hit a 5.1 mix. So I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. From what I saw in the promotional video, it sounded like this 5.1 mix was just done recently. Eddie used the original stereo mix as a guide, then went back to the original 12-track tapes to replicate the sounds, but added dimensions and a few other things here and there. I'll do the 5.1 mix another time as an excuse to go over the album as well as the other two of the original three albums, since they've all had newish versions available over the course of the last couple of years. Now, I have to admit, I was a little disappointed in the contents. Okay, I was a lot disappointed. Compared to like the recent Beatles and Bob Dylan sets, it's definitely on the small side and not particularly comprehensive. I don't get what the Hollywood Bowl concert is doing here at all. I would have paid regular dagger price for the disc on its own anyway. As it is based on the price I paid for the set, it's almost a free bonus disc, so thanks, Experience Hendrix. When doing some publicity rounds for the set, producer John McDermott said they wanted to make this set for the casual or new fan and show how the songs progressed from their hotel demos to how they sound on the album. I'm not sure I get this thinking or execution, to be honest. When I got into Hendrix, I went to compilations like Smash Hits and Kiss the Sky, then to Are You Experience, then Axis, and then to Electric Ladyland. If you're a new fan, you're probably not going to be starting with a box set like this. I'm not sure the casual fan would want this either. Now, for diehards like me, if you want to show the progression of songs from demo to album, they could have put the hotel demos, followed by the Sound Center recording from March 1968, then filled the rest of that disc up with some of the songs that didn't make the album. There were alternate takes of Somewhere and Tax Free that could have been used, along with an uncut Three Little Bears with the naughty language that ended up segueing into an early version of South Saturn Delta. Then on another disc, you could even take an alternate version of each song that's actually on the album and arrange it such a way that it, all, it sounds like a different version of the same album. How we don't have one of the alternate takes of Have You Ever Been to Electric Ladyland on here is a huge omission. The radio show had incomplete alternates for Come On and Voodoo Child that also could have been used. I ended up making up my own deluxe edition, and I was still missing a true officially released alternate for Crosstown Traffic and House Burning Down. 
This was a big missed opportunity. So here's what my deluxe version looks like, combining what's on the box, what was on previous releases, and a few things that aren't <clears throat> officially released. Now, this one would be the original album, so that doesn't change. However, when they first announced the box set, they said that the streaming version of the box set would be supplemented by a couple of songs that appeared on other releases, but weren't going to be on the box set. However, this never came to fruition. My guess to what they would be referring to would be somewhere, either the Mitch version or the Frankenstein one, My Friend from Cry of Love, Tax Free and Three Little Bears from War Heroes, Cherokee Mist from Both Sides of the Sky, and South Saturn Delta. This too would be all the hotel demos. You put them all in one place, and so you can just have a whole Jimmy Solo disc. So that would be the Drake and the Warwick sessions back-to-back. -back. You'll get a couple of repeat songs, but this is for the sake of completeness. So you have 1983, Angel, Cherokee Mist, Hear My Train A-Comin', Voodoo Child, and Gypsy Eyes, all from the uh, By Myself disc. Then My Friend that appeared on the 50th set. The three or four demos for Long Hot Summer Night, there seems to be some confusion. They think that actually the one on West Coast Seattle Boy is the same as demo number four on the 50th anniversary set. So if you want, you can fake it and call that demo number two, just so you have one, two, three, four, because you have they have four demos on the set. And then we can go with the West Coast Seattle Boy version of the 1983 demo, Tears of Rage. Somewhere, the West Coast Seattle Boy, Hear My Train A-Comin', Snowballs At My Window from the 50th, and the My Friend demo from West Coast Seattle Boy. Then for disc three, you can have the Olympic sessions that were in December and January, the Sound Center recordings from March, and the April Record Plant songs. So you could kick off with an alternate mix of Crosstown Traffic, which at the moment is unreleased, Touch You, a.k.a. Dance, from the Fire CD single, Take One of Little One from West Coast Seattle Boy, Dream from the Noel Redding Experience Sessions, the unreleased version of Little One Take Two, as well as the unreleased version of Dance, probably from the acetate if they don't have the original version. Then to close out the Olympic Sessions, you would use the Along the Watchtower alternate mix from South Saturn Delta. Moving on to the Sound Center, you would finally put out the original mix of Somewhere before Mitch futzed around with it. Then Angel Katarina and Little Miss Strange from the 50th set. Here's where you could put My Friend since there doesn't appear to be an alternate for it. It should be on the sessions box for completeness. If you want, you can also throw in the Somewhere from People, Helen Angels. Um, I don't know if the original non-vocal version would fit on here, so... This is as good a place as any. Uh, then you move to the record plant with Long Hot Summer Night Take One from the 50th anniversary set. Uh, then you move to the alternate mix of Little Miss Strange that at the moment is unreleased. There's also an alternate mix of Gypsy Eyes with an extended outro that's also unreleased. And you can end the disc off with demos for Three Little Bears and South Saturn Delta. With disc four, we can finish up the record plant sessions. Uh, most of them may 
a little in June, and then uh, the rest in August. Uh, you can kick it off with tax-free, the alternate mix that they did there. The full Three Little Bears with the Dirty Words and the South Saturn Delta demo all in one set. Um, then you'd, we can go on to Voodoo Child and take one of the three takes, put it on full, maybe just like take one. Now, the Voodoo Child site return takes one through three are kind of interesting because there's no wah-wah at the intro. Like one of the most iconic things about the song is its intro on the wah-wah pedal, but the first three takes didn't have that. So I would probably use those on the set. Uh, then we can use House Burning Down. There's a mix out there that's not quite as full. It's kind of dry. So it's actually called the dry mix, so I'd use that one. Uh, the full version of the Rainy Day Shuffle. Uh, the demo from the 50th anniversary of Rainy Day uh, Dream Away. Then the full unedited Rainy Day Dream Away slash Still Raining, Still Dreaming. I'm still surprised that wasn't on there. Uh, then you go to Electric Ladyland and you, there's a band demo uh, that I mentioned when I was talking about Loose Ends. It's kind of noisy, but needs to be there. Uh, there is also a version of South Center Delta out there without the horn overdubs. So I would pick that one to include on the set and end it with Come On, the incomplete take that they used on Lifelines. Now, disc five, I call Electric Ladyland the alternate album. Like I said, you could find an alternate version of each one of the songs and just line it up like it, they appear on the album and kind of listen to it that way. So we start off with the at last, the beginning demo from the 50th anniversary set, Electric Ladyland from Loose Ends slash The Purple Box, the single edit of Cross Down Traffic, since we don't have an alternate, Voodoo Child Blues from the Blues album, the Little Miss Strange that appears on the Noel Redding Experience Sessions. I think that was the instrumental one. Long Hot Summer Night Take 14 that appeared on the 50th. The Gypsy Eyes alternate mix from the Purple Box. Uh, for Come On Part 1, I think we have to use the incomplete take from Lifelines again, but got to do what you got to do because they didn't put out any extras. Uh, the next, uh, Burning in the Midnight Lamp demo from the Purple Box. You can do the full version of Rainy Day Dream Away, Still Raining, Still Dreaming here. Now, this one was interesting. I put two versions of 1983 back-to-back -back just kind of because one of them has to be on the set somewhere, and it didn't quite fit where it belonged, so I figured here would be a good place. The alternate mix of 1983 from Lifelines would go here and then follow that by the full 10-minute demo from the 50th anniversary set. Uh, House Burning Down, there is an alternate mix that's different from the dry mix and different from the released one out there, so that would be here. Uh, again, I have to reuse something, so use the All on the Watchtower from South Center Delta, and then finish it up with Voodoo Child Sight Return, the incomplete take from Lifelines. Another arrangement could take these tracks from the alternate album, just spread them back out to where they were recorded chronologically, then you'd have to break it up differently to make the five-disc set. Now, when I listened to this, a few things emerged that I hadn't really either noticed or thought about if you look at just the Olympic and Sound Center recordings, it sounded like Jimmy was putting together a follow-up to Axis Bold as Love. The songs were your general pop song in length, like two and a half to four and a half minutes. The material, though, was a little darker and more personal. If you go through the end of April and what they were recording at the record plant up to that point, you could have had a good 35 to 40 minute album if you toss on Stars of Play with Laughing Sam's Dice and maybe give Noel a second song to go with Little Miss Strange. However, in the beginning of May, the album began to move away from what it was 
towards what it was going to become. During the recording of Three Little Bears, a song that Jimmy flat out said was really silly, he kept going and started jamming on that pattern that returned on the South Saturn Delta. Then towards the end, he did a quiet little solo bit. It sounded kind of like a split between what would become Electric Ladyland and Villanova Junction. Right after that, Jimmy brought Mitch, Steve Winwood, and Jack Cassidy in to record the epic Voodoo Child, and the album was never the same after that. But wait, there was more. In 2017, high-end label Acoustic Sounds announced it would be releasing super audio CDs of both Are You Experienced and Access Bold as Love. They would include both the readily available stereo versions and the somewhat rarer mono versions. To the consternation of some, Are You Experienced would be released in its American track listings, but at least we'd get the stereo and mono in one package. Sort of. September 30th, 2018 came and the Axis SACD showed up as promised, but not Are You Experienced. It was promised to be released soon, and it was, if you consider it in the terms of a four billion year lifespan of the Earth. It finally made it out in 2020. Hmm, what a year that was. I'll talk about the SACDs when I discuss the original albums individually. So Experience Hendrix dropped the ball when it came to their shot at an anniversary set. Fortunately, we were able to get the original trio of albums out in high quality with something extra added in for each. The mono versions of Are You Experienced and Access Bold Love, and as I mentioned, the 5.1 mix of Electric Ladyland. I'll start discussing that album next episode. Next time, we'll do a rundown of Jimmy's double album masterpiece, Electric Ladyland, and the changes made when crafting the 5.1 mix included in the box set. That's next time on Keep On Grooving. Happy Easter, happy Passover, happy Ramadan, happy whatever you're celebrating as we're finally getting into nice weather in spring. Please remember to hit the subscribe button. I'm John Hartar. Thanks for listening. <laughs>